0: Oh yeah, and welcome to episode number t- 21. Yeah, two, 21, Yeah. 21, 21 of 357, um, Dean back here with Kellen and we're entering the final week technically of regular season basketball, I mean conferences, about half the conferences still go on until uh, the week after, but conference tournament season officially starts a week from today, um, the Northeastern Conference 8-9 game. Is going to happen about a week a week from tonight uh and i'll probably i'll probably be watching that it's conference basketball so postseason yeah. always trumps the regular season um but yeah final week, crazy that's crazy how time flew um it doesn't seem like that long ago i was watching it. early season tournaments maui battle for atlantis yeah. and now we're here yeah it's it's crazy um now we're here on the last week, and we got our AP top twenty-five. Oh, and actually, let's get this out of the way now before before we go um, before we move on in the episode. This is going to be our five week of regular season episodes at three fifty-seven. We're going to do the episode today like normal. We're do the episode on Thursday pretty much like normal. We're also going to have a guest that's going to join us for that final episode as well. But um, after that, we're going to be taking a little break for just the conference tournaments, focus on the Instagram. So all our content will be on there for that two week period. You guys can follow us over there at FS underscore pod. So we're going to be doing that for a couple of weeks. And then our first show back. Also another reason to follow the Instagram. Our first show back is going to be on Instagram. Um, Instagram live. Maybe not, maybe not immediately after, but close after selection Sunday, close the field is announced. We're going to be going live there. Answering any and all questions people have of the other bracket. Because I mean, let's be real, more people turn towards college basketball, especially with what happened yesterday and what's going on recently in the sport. But really, for a lot of people, it's really not till Sunday that brackets revealed that everybody looks forward, looks to college. Basketball. So that's gonna be a really fun show. We did it last year, breaking down the bracket, just like we do on bracketology, but just going more in-depth and probably filling out like the last year, filling out our first bracket live on that show too. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Highly recommend you guys stop by. And again, that'll be on our Instagram at TFA pod. But yeah, point being that we're going to take a little break um, after this week, two week break back at selection Sunday. So, all right, now let's get into the, the regularly scheduled show, beginning with the top 25, which just came out maybe like half an hour or ago. So this is really just raw first reaction from it. Um So you, Colin, anything you see off the bat?
1: In the top 10, I think Auburn at three is still a little high. I think they need to move down a few spots after losing to Florida, at least below – Purdue, Kansas, and Kentucky. And I also think Kentucky should be above Kansas because, sure, Kentucky lost to Tennessee, but they destroyed Kansas a few weeks back at Kansas. So I just think that should they should be above Kansas. And mm, I think Texas Tech should be above Duke and Villanova too. They've had a great week, and I think they should be just around the top five, um, closer to five than 10 at least, and they're at nine right now.
0: Yeah, um, I I definitely agree with you on Auburn. Uh, I I myself had him at six this week. The, the loss to Florida is not an awful loss, but it shouldn't be a loss if you're a top two team that you you have to an average SEC. Yeah, team. I had him at five, so around yeah.
1: that uh, this mark.
0: Might... So yeah, I, I would <clears throat> definitely have Kansas and Kentucky over. Totally agree. Kansas should be or Kentucky should be above Kansas. Um, also looking down think let's see. What else jumped out to me? Uh, I think probably should have fell uh, a, a little faller, a little a little more than just 8 to 11. Uh, I had the loss to Nova, which isn't bad, but then I t- took a lot out of them in the second half, OT to beat Butler. Um, one of the, yeah, one of the bottom, yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, one of the bubble Big East teams took a big second half, big overtime from them. So I would personally move them down. I mean, at least down to, like, 13, 14. I would have Houston over them. Uh, I'd even put Illinois over them uh, for their win over Michigan State. But, yeah, other than that, nice to see St. Mary's move back in, uh, after a big week for them. Beat BYU, beat San Francisco. Um, They're going to have a big week coming up Saturday. Home against Gonzaga. Which, Gonzaga, uh, I was actually watching some of that, it got tested a little bit against Santa Clara. Uh, Santa Clara had it within single digits for most and then the end, Gonzaga ended up only winning by twelve at home, so Gonzaga's got a big last games at San Francisco at St. Mary's, both good teams. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe not a but a close game the entire yeah. way through. Um, but yeah, that was pretty much pretty much all I had. Also, a lot of a lot of mid majors getting some votes. If you look yeah. at the others, which is good. Yeah, to South
1: see. Dakota State, North Texas, Wagner, Vermont, uh, you know, Belmont. Set, yeah, San Diego State, Boise State, Davidson, Wyoming. And yeah. I still like Murray State moved into top 20. They had a really close game. They almost lost to uh, UT Martin. So maybe they shouldn't have moved up um, into the top 20, but the um, they're 19. I also think Arkansas, one spot below Tennessee at 17 and 18, isn't um, fair. I feel like Arkansas should be above Tennessee. They just beat them. And <clears throat> I don't know. That just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, I don't know why – I feel like Rutgers should be in over Iowa. Rutgers has gone four and five in their last five games against ranked teams, and I know it's a lot of recency bias because Iowa just beat Ohio State at home and Rutgers just lost to Purdue. But, I mean, it doesn't take away the last week and a half of their games. And then Alabama, I mean, they got destroyed by Kentucky, and I don't know who else – I know they beat someone – Mississippi State, but um, I still think Alabama should be out of the top 25 and either put in Rutgers, Wyoming, Boise State. I don't think Michigan State deserves it. They got the the most votes by um, 23 out of any team that didn't get in at 58 votes. Michigan State, Rutgers, Wyoming, Boise State, and Davidson were the next five yep it was pretty uh, even yeah, I, I think got like a ton more votes yeah who's that I was just saying it was a pretty even like Iowa had 59 votes and Michigan State had 58 so it was pretty close there wasn't really a clear winner and even Alabama had 63 and they were 24th but after that it went to St. Mary's at 23 who had 148 so that was the real gap
0: and then an even bigger gap between 23-22. it's really like a – there really was like a cut line there. Yeah. The top 22 and everybody below. Um, but, yeah, I, I told I went a lot of that. Murray State is really – I I, I kind of got to put my mid-major bias aside here because they're doing a lot of the same things Providence has been doing, where it's just squeaking out these wins against worst team. Uh, UT Martin was a team coming in. They came in at 8-19, and 19 and they – Mary State only won by two. It took a, a layup, I think about like five, four or five seconds left to win that one. Yes. Yeah. So are they're, they're just squeaking out these wins. Uh, makes me a little nervous for them in March, but I know they're still a team. Still definitely wouldn't want to face them in the first round. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens there. Big game against Belmont. Bubble team. They they want that resume boosting win, and after state is going to be the your biggest yeah. opportunity to do it. Um, I still the think they're
1: legit, though. I still think, especially if they go undefeated in the Ohio Valley, that's huge.
0: Yeah, which Ohio people got to put some respect in the Ohio Valley because that that is. Yeah. I mean, at the bottom, it's rough, but those top three teams. I know one of them that that third team you had in your uh, underrated team. Yeah,
1: what's Morehead State? I know they lost, which kind of but... ruins it. On Saturday, they lost to Southeastern Missouri State, but. Uh, I still think they're an underrated team. And Belmont, too. I could have put either one of them. And now, looking back, I kind of wish I put Belmont because they are doing better right now and they've won their last, um, like, seven games. But either one.
0: Yeah, I could just put the Ohio Valley logo. Yeah, yeah definitely. Johnny Broom, name of people got to watch. Uh, saw him in the tournament last averaging 16 and 11 this year. I mean – Really good inside player, but um, all right, let's move on to our picks this week. So, let's recap our picks last week two good weeks, one rough week between the three of us. Um, I led the way six and two, thanks to Keegan Murray in Iowa knocking off Ohio State. But you were pretty close behind five. I mean, last week we had pretty much the exact same board, so it was just that that one game that ended up separating. If I went six and two you went five and three and if you'll recall bones had much different pick yes yeah. uh thursday so he did not do as well going two and six so uh, so that means overall and me just see here i'm at 80 and let's see 80 and 54 80 and 54 on the season you're at 76 and 58 and bones at 60 and 74 so uh mean me and you still uh, still got pretty pretty respectable records. Yeah. A bit over 500. But uh, let's move on to our picks this week. We got six games on the docket. And we'll start off with a couple big ones tonight. Uh, Baylor against Oklahoma State. Do you want to start off with this one? You want, let me yeah, this
1: one's pretty simple for me. Uh, I have Baylor. I think Oklahoma State is uh, – they're not the worst team in the Big 12 – I would say Oklahoma or West Virginia is the worst, but they're right there next to them. <clears throat> they have a much better Big 10 or Big 12 record. Um, but I still just think they're just – they're a good team, but they're not great. And Baylor's one of the great teams in the Big 12, and sure, it's at Oklahoma State. but um, And I think uh, it was official that for Baylor, Jonathan Chomwa Chachua – yeah, is uh, out for the year. So that's a huge loss for Baylor. But I think that'll just impact them more in March because uh, is their schedule? Actually, never mind. They have a tough schedule. I didn't realize they have Kansas and Texas right after this. But I still think that'll be a, a bigger impact in March, losing him and having other guys out like uh, Cryer. But I, feel, I still think Baylor takes this one uh, against Oklahoma State. And I'll, let me check if Cryer played he did not play against TCU on Saturday. But they yeah, I don't know when he's back, but I, I mean he's not out for the year, I don't think.
0: Uh yeah, no, I don't I think it's just a minor thing.
1: I'll look um, at it. You're
0: going, going with uh yeah, Bam. Yep. All right. Now yeah, this is one that I was considering uh, going with the other year, especially since Oklahoma State knocked them off uh, way at Baylor. But I am still going with Baylor for uh, for this one. Uh, Oklahoma State. I think the reason they won that little game they they, they pride themselves on their defense. or are more of a defensive oriented team, and we saw that in their win. Where let me just check the box score real quick. They held Baylor to I think. Uh 32% shooting and I think 24% from three. Um 31% shooting, 29% from three. I think that was that was an off night for for the Baylor Bears. I think that they're 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 better than what that what that performance showed them. I think they're gonna come out away. They want to get revenge on that team. They're gonna come out hot and just stay most parts steady enough shooters to Take the win away. I mean, they are without Chama They consider it just because Oklahoma State has Musa Cissé, Memphis transfer, big guy in the middle, really good blocker. But the thing is, Boynton doesn't really play Cissé that much. He doesn't really, doesn't really fit their skill. Oklahoma State has a lot of wings, six seven six eight guys, kind of like Florida State or Houston that can defend multiple positions. Uh, they didn't really have, I don't think, a guy like that last year, like a big rim vector when they had Cade. And uh just they I mean c a good player, but just don't really think he fits their their mold that well, which is why Boynton doesn't really play him that much. He only played eight minutes in their first game against Baylor, um and he's only averaging about let me see here. he's only averaging, yeah, eighteen minutes a game overall for the year so even even the, like the he they have the advantage against Baylor because without Chamachoch will they have a a guy like that but um i still think boynton won't won't play him very much and because of that baylor will be the better shooting team they got the better backcourt and i think they're going to come out and well Um, uh, but bones i mean we've seen a trend here the last couple weeks last couple episodes he does not like picking what we pick and he is going again with a different team he's going with Oklahoma in the upset close one he's taking them 59-57
1: yeah, it's a bottom team. Uh, Oklahoma State's a bottom team in the Big 12, but I still can see them winning against Baylor. But, like, uh, Oklahoma or – uh, what was the other team I said? Kansas State. I couldn't see them yeah. winning against Baylor. Or, no, West Virginia is what I meant, not Kansas State. I couldn't see West Virginia or Oklahoma getting a win against Baylor. This team, like you said, I mean, uh, I wouldn't be too surprised, but I still think Baylor, this is – game they need if they want to get yeah, a sure. one or two seed they pretty much have to win out if they want a one seed
0: yeah i would i would agree They'd probably have to go up against baylor in the big 12 tournament or kansas in the big 12 tournament mm-hmm. um which would definitely game uh, all right so yeah we go with baylor bones goes with oklahoma state let's move on now to the big 10 where we have indiana Big game tonight for you guys taking on Ohio State away. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. I know, know it's going to
1: happen. Yeah, I'm picking Indiana. Ohio State just lost to Iowa at home. So uh, there's no Ohio State's undefeated at home excuse. So it can happen. They can lose at home. And Indiana's lost four in a row. Yeah, four in a row. So it would suck to have five in a row, especially because they haven't won a game in February yet. And they're, they really are on the bubble now. I, they're still in, in I would say 75% or more of the brackets. Like Lenardi has them in still. And uh, what's his name? Um, from Harkis. Yeah. He had him in the playing game. But I mean, if they lose this one, I'm expecting to see them in the first four out in most of them. They have five games left. So, They don't have to win this one because they have three other games that are um, more winnable than this, but this would definitely help them a lot.
0: Yeah, and as of Saturday, this is before Saturday's game, uh, Bracket Matrix, which takes everybody's bracketologies, Indiana was in 103 of the 119 bracketologies. Yeah, it's probably
1: like 90%, but yeah, yeah, they – they need this one. They beat them last time. It was at Indiana. They shut down Liddell. They played great defense, and Ohio State couldn't score, especially the last 10 minutes. Indiana just ran away with it. Ohio State couldn't do anything. So I would love to see that again because that was their first big win. And I guess you could say Notre Dame was, but at the time no one really knew how good Notre Dame was, but this was their first big win, and sweeping Ohio State would be great. Yeah,
0: uh, I'm. I'm going to agree with you. I'm gonna go with Indiana. Uh, I, yeah, yep. I, I haven't picked them too often this year, um. But I see, yeah. I think it's gonna be a lot like the last game where Trace Jackson, Dave Race Thompson, can do a good enough job on Liddell. Um, Backcourts, I think you guys have the slight edge in the backcourt. Really impressed me. Other than Malachi Branham, who's been a who's yeah. been solid for Ohio State, there hasn't really been um, at least not that I've seen uh, a good a good guard for Ohio State. So I. Xavier Johnson could have a big night, or Parker Stewart, Trey Galloway, one or two of those three. Um, yeah, and I, I, I think you guys match up across the board pretty well with Ohio State. Um, I don't really have much more to it than that. Just the fact that TJD can lock up Liddell, and there's not really, once Liddell is, is stopped, they use yeah. him a lot, and there's not really another guy they can go to. If
1: he's so, not scoring, uh, if he doesn't score 15, I mean, they're not winning.
0: Yeah. Whereas even if Liddell kind of slows down Jackson Davis or race Thompson, whoever he gets put on, you guys have other, I mean, you guys have Xavier Johnson, Parker that can, you know, help carry the load if TJD gets shut down or gets into foul trouble. So yeah, I, I think you guys said the better offense. I think you, plus motivation on the bubble slightly want to get that win, get all, get out of there. So, At Ohio State, I feel like it's the perfect opportunity to do it. I'm going with Indiana. And Bones going with Indiana. unanimous decision. He's taking Indiana 77-71. So everybody is riding the Hoosiers tonight. You guys can't let us down. Can't let us down. Wow, a lot of pressure on the shoulders. So we'll see what happens there. All right, moving on. Big East. Big Big East matchup. Villanova and UConn, at UConn. Um, I'll, I'll start off with this one. This is, a, this is an interesting game for me. Nova, come, they're, they're hot. There's, there's a lot about Villanova right now. Had that win over Providence, squeaked that one out. Um, recently, here, think, uh, check their schedule. They have the win over Georgetown, win over Seton Hall, win at St. John's. But a lot of these wins are, are close. They're close. John's their last four have all been by single digits. St. John's six, Seton Hall six, Providence five, Jordan eight. So they're they're you know not as bad as Providence, but they're are they're squeaking by these matchups against teams that are good, but not as good as Villanova. Teams that they should be winning by at least, you know, I'd say I'd give them like 10, 10, 11 points. Um so going up in a game at UConn, a team that's coming off of that's also kind of hot, winning four of their last five, only lost coming at Xavier. Um, another team that's won a lot of games in close fashions, but I, I think with Villanova, the, the key is, this is a team that runs through Gillespie, and for, for the most part, at least in the big games, it seems like they run through Gillespie. I mean, they have, went against Georgetown, it was Justin Moore, Brandon Slater that carried, carried the load, but in their big wins, Colin Gillespie—that's the main main offensive, usually the main offensive point of this team. So, I mean, Providence—it took it took 33. It took—I'm pretty sure it's high for them to knock off Providence. And this is a team that's similar, at least I feel, talent to Providence. Very similar situation on the road. Solid, uh, you know, loud crowd that that it's, it's going to be rocking in UConn. Um, oh, yeah. So that is a very similar situation to me than that Providence game in which Gillespie needs three for them to win. And I think UConn has a better backcourt than Providence does. Um, I, like, I like what RJ Cole and Tyrese Martin are doing for them. And I think they're better suited to lock down Gillespie than Providence was. And once you take him out of the game, you're going to need a big night from Eric, Justin Moore, Brandon Slater, if Villanova wants to win this one, which I think at least in Dixon's since he seem kind of seems like they're number two. UConn has a Domus to to put on him. Uh, another big interior force can move guys around in the paint. So I think UConn's in a very good spot to win this game. I'm going with the Huskies. I think UConn wins this one.
1: Yeah. I like the reasoning I'm going to go with on over though. It's such a similar situation to Providence. It's a way um, Villanova beat him last time at home. UConn's going to want to win. They're both pretty hot right now, uh, the two hottest teams in the Big East. And UConn has Sunogo, who's similar to Watson, on Providence. But I-, I still think if Villanova was able to get it done against Providence and didn't have much of a problem with Nate Watson, I can't think that they'll have much of a problem with Sunogo. Nate Watson had 20 points. Um rebounds so he had a really good game against Villanova but it still just wasn't enough to beat him I mean Gillespie did uh have 33 and shot 10 for 17 so he'll have to do that again against UConn uh, if they want to win and I think Villanova can do it Gillespie's veteran point guard easily the front runner for the Bob Cousy uh, point guard award and I see Villanova winning this
0: one All right. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think we're both in agreement. It's going to take a big night out of Gillespie if they want to, if they want to win this one. Uh, And, but Bones is agreeing with you. He's taking Villanova. He's taking them 75 to 60. So he thinks it'll be a decent, decent victory for the Wildcats. All right. Now moving on to the SEC for a couple games here, beginning with Arkansas at Florida, both two kind of hot teams in the, in the conference.
1: Yeah. I'll, make this one short because uh i i think we we picked a pretty good upset i wish i didn't remind you about castleton now because i could have stolen that one but uh florida won and we both picked it so that was big for us uh i don't think florida's winning this one though i think arkansas is winning it i think that game against auburn florida pretty much played perfectly and they played exactly how they needed to to win tyree appleby went off he had some insane shots right at the end and i mean I don't know if you watched it, but like right at the end, he had that huge step back in the on the wing that three. And they just panned to the student section. And there was guys going nuts, but uh, Appleby did great. Castleton did what he needed to do, especially against um, Jabari Smith and Kessler. Jabari Smith went off in the first half, but they they got Kessler in foul trouble and they went on a few runs when he was on the bench. But Arkansas's uh, I don't know how to they beat Auburn. And I would almost call them a more scrappier team. They have a better backcourt than, uh, than Auburn, which is why I think they're going to beat Florida because I think their backcourt's just going to overpower Florida and take this one, which this game doesn't hurt Florida too much, but I still think they, if they win this and then they beat Georgia and Vanderbilt and then lose to Kentucky, so if they win their next three, I think they're a lock for the tournament. But if they lose this and to Kentucky and only beat Georgia and Vandy, I don't think they are. And I don't think they get in. But uh, this I don't know. I can't see this one going in Florida's way right now. I feel like Arkansas is winning this one.
0: Yeah. Um I agree with a lot of what you said. I'm also taking Arkansas here. Uh yeah, Florida took a very good game, which you no, know, again, we we did we did well, you more predicted. Um I, I kinda hopped in at the end, but uh We both we both called that Florida win over Auburn, but it took a big game out of them, and now they're going up against an Arkansas team that just continues to get these big over SEC teams. Um, Yeah, which uh, to me reminds this this for for Florida reminds me a lot of kind of when they beat Ohio State early on in the. Uh, Started off really strong, and then kind of came back to earth, beat Ohio State, and then lost to Oklahoma. I think this kind of sets up like that, except obviously Arkansas better than Oklahoma. But I I think it's going to be the backcourt. Arkansas's backcourt, much better than um, than those. uh, Appleby, it it would have to take a huge game out of him, similar to what he did against Auburn, in order for them to win this one. Obviously, Florida's a team that runs through their big man. They run through Castleton, and that – it was. This is a tough game to pick for me because they do run through their big man. Arkansas doesn't really have a big man that can handle Castleton. But uh, Castleton, I mean, he, he'll get you a consistent 15 a game, but only once in the last two months had up more than 20. He's a guy that just puts up a consistent 16 and doesn't really give you anything more than that. So if I'm Arkansas, yeah, he's going to get his 16, 18, and that's it. And then it's on our back to you know outplay their backcourt which I totally think is possible for them to do and in order to get the win. Florida's been back and forth all year. I think they have continued that trend. I think Arkansas wins away. Uh and Bones, another unanimous pick. Uh, he's going with Arkansas. He took them 84 to 64. So I think it's going be a big win for the Razorbacks. Uh so yeah, another huge pick for us. All right, and now we're going to move on to another SEC matchup. Against Vanderbilt, uh, this is this is the one that I feel like you know. Paper, you're gonna go with Alabama, if not just for the fact that in the last 18 months, Alabama's been a much much uh, more consistent basketball program than Vanderbilt. But Vanderbilt's been a sneaky. I'm I, I wouldn't say sneaky good. They're six and eight in the SEC, but not. I mean, usually they're right at the bottom, and this year they're not. They're they're at least doing decent in SEC led by Scottie Pippen Jr. But Scottie Pippen Jr. going up against the three headed monster of Alabama's backcourt doesn't doesn't spell good night for him. Um I think Alabama just they they got more talent on all sides of the floor. Um Pippen will still get his numbers I think he is he's no matter who put on him he seems he's a great scorer especially on the perimeter um can pick his and just really good scorer, so he'll he'll get his fifteen to twenty. But, but especially on the inside, where I think uh, Vanderbilt does have Liam Robbins, Minnesota player, former Drake player. They got him now. The last couple weeks, but he hasn't really played too much for them. And he's really their only. Where Alabama? I mean, we were on him early on in the year about not having a solid big man, but now they have Charles BD Has picked up his yeah play a little bit. He's still good. Um, uh What's the word? He's he's, he's a good paint protector. He's he's gets a lot of blocks, gets a lot of rebounds for. Him. So he's definitely picked up his play recently. Even though it might not show it in the stat sheet, I feel like and you know, what I've seen from him, he's he's improved. So Alabama slowly turning into a more complete team, and I I, I think that they got more talent than Vanderbilt. They're going to win this one away. So yeah, I'm taking Bama.
1: I'm going to disagree and pick Vanderbilt. I think Scotty, there's a ton of – there's been a bunch of games where Scottie Pippen Jr. has 30 points or whatever, and they still lose. Mm-hmm. But you're right, they're a sneaky team in the SEC. They're kind of right in the middle. And I think just because they have Scottie Pippen Jr. kind of makes them that team where he has a really good game and everyone else plays well, they play good defense, and they get a win against a team like, like LSU or Tennessee – in this case, Alabama. And, I mean, we've seen how bad Alabama can play if they're not shooting well or they're just kind of playing lazy and carelessly. And I think that happens. Uh, again, uh, is this tomorrow, I think?
0: Uh, it is. Yeah. Uh, this either tomorrow or Wednesday. So.
1: Yeah, and I think that happens again. And Vanderbilt gets another sneaky win in the SEC. All
0: right. Uh, but Bones is agreeing with me on bones took bama he's taking them 76 58. so kind of kind of like you me picking uconn It's kind of your version of that you're going with Vandy, i'd say um team that's going to knock off slightly slightly more, more talented team on paper so we got some similar picks there all right moving on to our last game wake forest and clemson Uh, i'm gonna take this one first just because i have five um, I'm going with Wake Forest. Uh, Wake Forest people got to put more respect on them because they are showing. What did you say? up in ACC out. play recently. So, I mean, they've, they've. Oh, did I? Sorry. You like cut out for a second? don't so you just? Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna wait because I think it's showing up as unstable. I'll wait for my internet connection. I'm gonna hold off a few seconds here until. It seems smooth. Am I good now? Yeah, it seems good. All right. Uh, sorry about that. But I'm going with Wake Forest. Wake Forest, people got to put respect on. them. Eleven and 6 in the ACC. Um, February, they've won four of their last six, four and two overall in the month. Two losses coming by in six points, and those are to Miami, Florida, and Duke. No, certainly not, not the worst teams in ACC play. And, I mean, Duke, I mean, that game was close the entire way had a real good chance to win that one. and Steve Forbes really doing a great job uh, at that program right now. Um, yeah, they've they've paneled their big ACC Clemson, a team that's all right. Um, what are they? They are four and twelve. no, they're not, I guess they're not all right. I guess they're towards towards the bottom of ACC, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat it for them. But they do have PJ Hall, a good ACC player. Uh, guard Shake Laravia Wake Forest forward pretty well but they have no answer for Alondis Williams and if you haven't got the chance to watch Alondis Williams play I highly recommend it one of the best passers in the country good score two at all three levels um, and he's the head of this Wake Forest team averaging what, what is it not 20 pretty much 24 19.9 to be exact but he was my pick if you go on instagram check out our conference players of the year he was my pick for the acc i mean it was close for me between him and Caro, but the value he's providing to this wake forest team right now and their run to towards the acc just uh you know caused me to uh, pick him first so he was my pick i think he's definitely going to be all acc first team and he'll be the win this one against clemson
1: uh you said that pretty well. Um, there's not really much I can say after that. I have Wake Forest too. Lonis Williams is really good, and Clemson kind of sucks too. They they beat Florida State earlier in February, which Florida State's kind of been an up and down team. But besides that, they have in the in the uh, ACC. Besides the Florida State win earlier, they have wins. Um, they have wins against NC State, Pitt, and Virginia. So those aren't the strongest wins, and Clemson's not just not very good. And I think Wake Forest is the second best team in the ACC, so this should be a easy win for them. Should be.
0: Yeah. Not to bones, not to bones. It's not bones. Is taking Clemson, it's taking Clemson at home. Big win, seventy nine sixty eight for the Tigers. So, no unanimous pick there. This bones is going to go with the upside. Yeah, those are picks for the six big games on Monday through Wednesday schedule. You guys can check back here on Thursday, where we will go over um, and make picks with a guest, at least for part of the uh, part of the show. Uh, make picks for a huge slate, probably that Thursday through Sunday stretch. Going to head at it. M- might be some of the, the best games of the year, uh, which is a great way to wrap the season. So make sure to tune in on Thursday for that. But we're gonna move on now to our segments, beginning with my mid-major player of the week, and I'm you know continuing with more the 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 under under the radar type of guys. I'm gonna to move to the Northeast Conference, a guy that's under the radar, but if you look at at least the stat sheet, he's one of the, you know biggest stat stuffers in the country. It's going to be the Bryant Bulldogs, the number two in the Northeast Conference at 14 and two, them and Wagner battling it out for, uh, for that top spot in the Northeast, but it's going to be a man by the name of Peter Kiss, Peter Kiss, senior for Bryant, 6'5", 200. So he is, he is a guard, but I, I'm, I have, i haven't seen pretty much any of Bryant this year. other have some very brief clips of Kiss, but. I, I believe he's more of – he kind of plays small forward, maybe even power forward because for they're, they're a small team across the board. Um, but whatever position he plays, he's doing a good job playing it because he is currently leading the country in points per game at 24.8, holding off, I think, Antoine Davis is in second place, which it sucks for Antoine Davis because that man has just taken so many shots throughout all four years. He has racked up these points, and he has never finished. He's never led the country in points per game. There's always two or three people ahead of him. I thought this year would be his year to do it. He was in the lead for a couple weeks. Uh, I think as as of last week, he was in the lead. But Peter Kiss, especially this last week, last five games, he's dropped 30, which is tough for any – I don't care what conference you're in, that's tough to do. Um, 37, 30, 36, 30. Uh, the last five games for Peter Kiss. And he's he's bounced around. Also, you know, he's he's used the transfer portal. Started off at Quinnipiac, played a year there, transferred to Rutgers, sat out a year, played two years for Rutgers, then came to Bryant. We started almost every game for them since. And, I mean, 25 points a game speaks for itself. This guy scores all three levels. Um, More of a, I mean, despite being 6'5", he is a bigger guy, 6'5", 200. So primarily he, he has a Really good mid-range game, and he's he's crafty on the inside as well. Um, you know, good guy in the post on the block, but he he can shoot threes from time to time. Only twenty-eight percent, so not an efficient three-point shooter. But he does get him up. He does occasionally have some good nights. uh Five for ten against St. Francis sticks out, and yeah, he's scored all year for him. The only team that held him to single digits with was Houston, and that was back when they had Sasser and Mark. So. When they had both of them. I mean, one of the best defensive teams in the country. So from that, Clemson, he put up 24. Um, Cincinnati, he put up 15. Whoever he plays, he put up numbers. And Bryant totally could see them get, getting into the uh, getting into the tournament with, uh, you know, if, if they knock off Wagner in the Northeast, probably title. And I wouldn't bet on them to win a game in the tournament, but I would definitely bet on Peter Kiss to put up numbers no matter who. Yeah. Peter Kiss is my mid-major player of the week. Now we're going to move over to you, Indiana Report, which was only one game, but you have a lot of info on it because you were there. So
1: Yeah. they Yeah, they played a night at Ohio State, so they have a big game tonight. But their last game, uh, their 4th of February, they've lost four in a row. They haven't won in February yet. But they played at Indiana on Tuesday night uh, against Wisconsin. They lost by five and. It was a great game. I was there. I was third row behind um, kind of behind the Wisconsin bench, but more towards the middle, actually. It's kind of right on TV, like in TV and like in the view. And I think you even saw me. You probably did a bunch of times. You just didn't realize it because it was panning so quick. But uh, I mean, Johnny Davis took over like he did last time. He was 10 for 15 for with 30 points. Both games he's taken over in the second half against Indiana. Uh, I mean, at least this time we were controlling it uh, to the end because last time the Indiana was up 22 before halftime and they lost, so it was like a huge comeback. But this one they kind of lost in the final minutes. And it was definitely some bad reffing. Uh, Courtney Green sucked, but I can't blame it all on the refs. But right at the end, uh, Johnny Davis had an and one, which kind of gave Wisconsin the lead um by three, I think three. And then I had 20 seconds or so to bring the ball down and hit a three. And they bring it brought it down to half court, called a timeout, drew up something, but it didn't matter because whatever they ran wasn't, I mean, it was horrible. They kind of just ran in circles, gave it to Parker Stewart, and he threw up a three and acted like he was trying to get fouled and it was just kind of embarrassing and all the diehard 70 year old season ticket Indiana fans behind me like were yelling at the refs all game and uh, like after that play that they drew up they were just kind of like what just happened and they were uh, yelling uh, like is that all you can come up with like that was horrible I mean it it was pretty much a consensus that that last possession was awful I mean, right after that, Indiana fouled. Wisconsin shot two free throws and won the game by five. But it was really close up until then. Brad Davison um, took all the hate from the Indiana crowd, still put up 21. And he did, he did get a flagrant one, though. I don't think it was he, – he fouled Parker Stewart. They said he hit him in the face, but, like, it was a weak – I don't know if it was on purpose or not. The replay didn't really help – But it wasn't it wasn't that bad, but he did get a flagrant one and plenty of FU chance uh to Brad Davis and and I mean they still came up on top huge game for Trey Jackson Davis too with 30. No one else really showed up as well. Xavier Johnson shot three for 16, so some poor shooting um from the rest of the team. They just didn't they just didn't really play like they wanted it and uh I mean, Indiana even – they didn't even – at the end, they didn't shake hands with Wisconsin. They just kind of left the court and, like, waved off. They didn't – I mean, they didn't just leave. They like, waved and left. But at the time, I was like, wow, like, why – like, that's kind of stupid. Why would they leave? I wasn't on Indiana's side for that. I thought, like, obviously after a game, you should, like, shake hands and everything. But, I mean, after the Michigan-Wisconsin game, um it's looking like maybe it was a good idea not to because – Wisconsin is making every Big Ten coach and team pretty mad right now because, I mean, I'm pretty sure everyone who's listening knows, like, yesterday, Michigan at Wisconsin, right after the game, Jawan Howard and Greg Gard started yelling at each other, and then, and then it ended up with Jawan Howard um, hitting some assistant Wisconsin coach and just a big, like, I guess, fight. I was There wasn't too many people actually fighting, but just Not a good look for Jawan Howard in Michigan. And uh, I mean, I'm glad that didn't happen with Indiana and Wisconsin if they did shake hands. I would have been right there, though, so I could have recorded it or just like been right there, maybe sent my clip to like ESPN or something. But uh, yeah, I mean, both these Wisconsin games are going to say Indiana doesn't make the tournament, both of these games, if they had won either one of them. Could have changed that if they didn't don't end up, don't end up making it. I mean, they have five games left. They pretty much have to win three, which the easier three being home against Maryland at Minnesota and home against Rutgers. The other two being at Ohio State and at Purdue. They've beaten both those teams before this year, though. So it's not like they can't, but they are both away. And Ohio State just lost two at home. So I this one tonight's pretty big. But Yeah, pretty much what I got for Indiana report this week. So they control their destiny right now. So this is important. They just need to win. They control their destiny. They're in right now. And if they keep winning, they'll stay in. I feel like they're going to be capped at a seven seed. I feel like that's the highest they could get if they went out. And uh, say they win three, like I said, Maryland, Minnesota, and Rutgers, I feel like they end up getting a 10. So.
0: Yeah, and it's going to be a big I, – I sense a big Big Ten tournament for them, too.
1: Yeah, they That's need to win, like, two games, one or two.
0: Yeah. Um. So, yeah, big, big couple weeks for you guys. Um. We'll see. on Thursday you'll get the Ohio State reaction. Is it another game in between Monday and Thursday, too, or is it just uh...
1: – uh On Thursday they play Maryland.
0: Okay, so it'll just be Ohio State, and then they'll have to wait until selections to see the final – the you Know the way this all ends for Indiana, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's the last
1: actually. I forgot that's the last mid major Monday and uh Indiana report of the regular season. So, um, yeah, those are the last two.
0: Crazy, it's it's crazy how time's flown by. I feel like yesterday we were talking about well, UNC Asheville. I don't know why that sticks out of my head, but like, North, like Jung Jung and Jake Stevens. Stevens. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I was say, let's uh, let's talk about just real quick before we finished up with the random shit report. The Juwan Howard thing, because obviously that's huge news. I mean, first take. I flipped on first take this morning. They were talking about it. It's always funny to hear Stephen A. talk. Yeah, NFL. just
1: like yelling.
0: <sighs> yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously dominating news stories uh, this this week this day. As Howard push guard. Um, people are very, very up and for what Michigan should do. I'm just gonna start off with my take. I think, in my opinion, I think the right thing to do if you are Michigan is suspend him for the year. obviously, um you i i I get it boils down to i mean, I obviously Howard was mad that guard called a timeout fifteen seconds left, but he was pressing their third second line with fifteen seconds left if you make a coach i'm fine i'm fine with doing that you know coach the entire 40 minutes coach your ass hard that that's fine i'm I'm fine with that but you can't do that not expect the other coach to coach hard too if if you're pressing your guy and he calls a timeout and all of a sudden you, you, it can't be one-sided here you you can't like press and act like you're playing the game you know you're playing it out the whole way and then all of a sudden the coach says all right let's I'm out. let's get the ball over half court because they only had a few seconds to advance it past half court. And all of a sudden just like, just like go crazy over that okay. because you're the one that caused that situation. Uh, you're the one that caused them to call that timeout in the first place. So I'm not mad at the decision to press, but you gotta, you gotta, you can't be one. You have to expect, you have to expect the other coach to, you know, make decisions for it too. So obviously the wrong move by Howard to, even try i mean it was it was like a half punch half slap but I, okay. didn't want to I don't think it
1: was a punch but it was like they kept saying struck him which i think was good like he struck yeah. the guy he he hit him tried to
0: grab him i don't know yeah so and i mean uh that then finding out i mean uh, i forgot what exactly happened in, in michigan maryland last year in the big 10 tournament but he had he had some sort of incident there he just has like um, so. <laughs> yeah pretty much it hasn't been the first he's done this so if i were michigan if i was the michigan ad i would suspend him for the year have martelli coach him martelli i mean coach saint joe's for a long time definitely not the worst guy to uh replace howard and then if if he does anything near that again then he's getting fired yeah this is, this is like correct in my opinion but um that's what i would do if i were michigan uh do, yeah. Do you, do you no
1: know? yeah i agree i think once greg Gard came on the post Game report and explain that, like, uh, he called a timeout because his guys were getting pressed and they were going to get a 10 second violation. And once he called a timeout, it resets or something like that. And he just he did it in reaction to Jawan Howard's pressing. And he didn't mean to like call the timeout because he was up huge and like rub it in his face. But I mean, Jawan Howard just got mad. And I mean, sure, you can get mad, but you can't take it out after the game. But I think the one thing Greg Gard kind of shouldn't have done. Or maybe should have just let it go. Is when they were shaking hands, Jawan Howard walked by him and was just like, Oh, I'll remember that. I'll remember this. And Greg Gard just kind of grabbed him and was trying to explain, like, Hey, let me explain. Like, let me tell you why I did it. And I mean, Jawan Howard didn't. I mean, he was so fired up. He didn't want to hear anything about it. And so it kind of just made it worse and ignited the fire. And then once everyone started coming over, it made it worse. People started talking. And then Jawan Howard just got too angry and hit him. But I mean, yeah, you can't you can't do that. Jawan Howard, like that's a horrible look for Michigan now. And um, I mean, I don't think they're making the tournament, but that was a game they needed to win. They had it, but you can't explode like that. And, I mean, another good example was Butler was up 20-something against Providence. And I mean, I can't imagine how infuriated their coaches after they gave up a 20-point um come back to providence at home but i mean you just have to keep your composure as a coach and i mean as long as you you just can't let it become physical at that point i mean you can yell and scream all you want but once it becomes physical i mean obviously that's when there's problems and that's what happened with juan howard because i mean if he would have just like started yelling at um greg Gard or anything or if he never would have hit the assistant coach i mean it wouldn't have been as been as a big deal as it is now. Like you wouldn't have been hearing about it this morning. You would have just been hearing like, "Oh, there was a scuffle between Wisconsin and Michigan after the game," but that's it.
0: Yeah. That's- um. Yeah. All right. With a lot of what we said. Um. Yeah. But yeah, we're done with that. You. I mean, a suspension on the way for Howard. Um, yeah. I. I. I wouldn't say firing people. People want. people on Twitter want him to be fired. I'd say this is probably the last straw. Uh, one yeah. more one more violation, one more outburst, and he's out. But, uh, yeah, very, very interesting uh, thing that happened there yesterday in college hoops. And now, with that being said, let's move on to the random shit report. Where I actually have a lot of little things to report on that. But I'll, you, you have anything? You want to go first?
1: Uh, I mean, I didn't think we were going to talk about Jawan Howard, but that was going to be one of them that was just big. Like, obviously, Jawan Howard – But since we just mentioned that, Uh, one more little thing was um, uh, the NBA All Star Weekend was uh, just happened, and sure it might have been the most underwhelming dunk contest, but Obi Toppin, one who's um, uh, Dayton alumni from two years ago, so I thought that was pretty cool. And um, I'm not a huge Dayton fan, but a bunch of my family is, so I'm kind of connected. So um, I like Obi Toppin and Dayton, so that was pretty cool to see.
0: Yeah. Um. And Bones was also in, in the Rising yeah, Stars game. I,
1: remember, I, I, I told you that, but I forgot
0: about it just now. But
1: yeah, Bones Highland in the Rising Stars game, which was huge too.
0: Did, did you watch that? No, I didn't. I, I I watched it, and I mean, I am a Bones Highland fan, but he he, him and Lomelo Mellow mm-hmm. the same team. A lot of ISO oh, really? from those two. Yeah. Which I only was, watched the three point in dunk contest. Yeah. Uh, which it worked out. It works out in the NBA for him, but in the rising stars game where people want to see every shine. Yeah. Uh, maybe a few too many shot attempts from Bones Island. Uh, so, but still he got in very good for him. Uh, yeah. Good for his career. Uh, so yeah, so I have seen a few things that happened here, beginning with some shout outs to some teams that uh, are performing well. San Jose state, one of the last two or three teams that needed a, that were winless in conference play. They were winless. West. They got a big win over New Mexico yesterday, a team that just got off of beating Wyoming. Is that really yeah. good? What the Mountain West is this year? Uh, they got their first win. Good, to see, good to see from them. And I don't know if you've seen like they have a on Twitter the San Jose State Duck that shows up to like all these you know as a big San Jose State fan show up to all of their games in a duck outfit, and he was going crazy since they won the game. Uh, also, Fordham, a team that is consistently since I've paid more attention to. College basketball, been dead last. Yeah, they have sucked bad in the A10. But they had they uh, hired a new coach, Kyle Neptune, this year, and five and eight. I feel for their fan base because their leading scorer, Antonio Day, left the team um about in the middle of January, right when as they started getting better. But still, five and eight in A10 play. I don't know sound good, but compared to where they've been yeah. recently, solid for them. They are currently. Let me see. Ninth of fifteen, ninth of fourteen. I'm sorry, ninth of fourteen in the eight ten, which usually they are second last or last. And they just had a big win over George Mason, who knocked off Maryland yesterday. Yeah. So, shout out to Fordham. Also, real quick, uh, Ohio Kent State at one point was thirty-five to in the first half. Kent State, uh, Kent State ended up blowing them out. Team to pay attention in the MAC. Uh, they've racked up wins. Now they're third, only I think like a game behind Ohio and like half a game behind Toledo or maybe vice versa, but they are right up there at the top of the Mac. They've come into their own, and yeah, 35-8 in the first half. That's not not a good score if you're an Ohio fan. Uh, Delaware State, another team that was winless in a conference play. hear me out here. Delaware State, they were winless week. up on North Carolina Central. They were up seven points with 20 seconds left uh, against North Carolina Central. And North Carolina scored seven points in 20 seconds, took it to overtime, crazy comeback, and North Central ended up winning by five. So Delaware State still still struggling, looking for that first win. And lastly, uh, James Booknight on Saturday showed up to the (laughs) UConn-Xavier game, (laughs) and um, I guess he was standing on the court with his cell phone at one point. And the refs noticed that obviously cannot stand on the court as a game is going on. throw him out, at least try to throw him out from the game, in which he responded by just walking up into the student section and spending the rest of the game in the student (laughs) section for UConn. So nice move there from James Book Night. So yeah, I had a lot. There's a lot of crazy things that happened this weekend that I saw. So
1: I have one more too in the CUSN. Uh, the front runner now officially North Texas, or is it? I think it's just North. Or yeah, North Texas uh, had a huge game at UAB on Saturday, and Tyler Perry hit a game-winning three to um, win it for them against UAB. They're thirteen and one in conference play now, which is um, the best besides UAB at ten and four, or I guess next to UAB at ten four, and Middle Tennessee at 10 and three and North Texas is at 20 and four now. And they were, they're in our top 42. So um, they North Texas is a extremely underrated team. And I would, I mean, I really hope they make the tournament because they play really different. They are the slowest tempo team in the, in D one college basketball. So they just slow the game down and they have a hell of a defense too. So if you don't score like, Uh, like 65 points you're not beating North Texas and I mean if you do score 65 or more you still might lose but I mean you've got to come um shooting lights out against this team because they play slow which sounds bad but they play slow and they play good defense and um they are an underrated team and I think they can make a lot of noise in March I mean last year they beat Purdue um ended any hope of Jaden Ivey or Zach Eadie's first tournament run. And I mean, if they make it this year, I'd assume they would be a 13 seed again, 13, 14, and they could do the same to a team like USC, um, Alabama, any team like that. So I would keep them on your radar. The mean green. Yeah,
0: the mean, yeah, the mean green. And this is a team that are slower than Virginia, which people yeah. have to put that in Virginia. We've always seen slower. This team is slower, slower offense than them. Um, four, I mean, they have an at-large resume right now. Their four losses are coming to UAB by six, Buff three, and then Kansas and Miami. And then they have wins over Drake, which is still a solid team. Wichita just State. Be Loyola.
1: Drake just be Loyola.
0: Yeah, which in UAB. This is a team yeah. I wish, wish the committee shows some love to them. If UAB wins that tournament, because they're, they're favored in uh, all their last four games, and that would put them at uh 24. I mean, come on, committees, committees, you got to take a look. If they took a look at UAB a couple weeks ago before UAB fell off a little bit in CUSA play, then you have to take a look at North Texas to get in a large bid too. Um, okay. if they happen to lose in the CUSA tournament,
1: I mean, one um, loss if they finish with one loss in the CUSA, that's huge. Yeah. This is a I mean, right on the cusp of a top 10 conference. I'd say it's like 11, 12. I might even move it into the top 10 because, I mean, we made a list earlier this year and um, who was... Number 10 was the A-10 and then the American at nine. And I feel like it's right there with those two.
0: Um, At least with the A-10. Yeah, no, I I totally, totally agree. Uh, And... Yeah, their one loss is coming to this the other the best team behind them. Like their their one CUSA loss is coming to the to the other elite team in that conference. It's not like it's a Old Dominion or a Charlotte or a Southern Miss that they lost to. It's the second best team in that in region in a talented conference. So, yeah, I would totally look for them to make some noise if they make it into the tournament. It's a very good team. Yeah. All right, but that will for this episode. Uh, Do you have any, any updates you want to give before we. Uh, Yeah.
1: You said we posted our player of the year for our part one for the player of the year in each conference, which is up and the top 40 uh, is up as like a, as of an hour ago. So just check both
0: those out, but that's it. Yep. Make sure to check both those out. And again, we're not going to be here next week. So all your, we're going to have, we're going to be posting final scores now too of the conference tournament games. There's a lot of content coming on the Instagram. Make sure you guys follow. And, again, like we are not going to be here next week, so that first show is going to be probably only on Instagram Live. So you're going to have to follow the Instagram, follow that to check that show out, which might be – I mean, I, I like all of our episodes, but that episode yeah. is probably going to be the best of the year. So highly recommend you guys tune into that. We'll do it for Episode 21. We will see you guys all back here on Thursday.